Hey, Doc, how come this feels like there's liquid in there? Give me that! Give me that! <laughs> Why are you touching that? <laughs> That's none of your business, boy. <laughs> Never, ever, 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 ever touch my flat. <laughs> What's up, Internet? You're listening to the 14th episode of the Series 6 Podcast, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers! We are your hosts. I'm R.D. I'm Rob. And I'm Rabbi Bob. Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. This time around, we'll be reviewing episode 14, titled Progress. But before getting into that, I have to address the obvious. We're super late getting this episode out, and I'm sorry for making you wait so long. This is a special episode of Series 6, and I wasn't able to release it as intended or on the schedule I wanted. So rather than rush something out that was incomplete in an attempt to meet the podcast anniversary date, I decided to take a breather to get myself centered and make some adjustments for the benefit of our one listener. Series 6 podcast is, after all, for you, listener. And I will be making every effort to release future episodes on a more regular schedule. And because I know you so well, I'm going to answer the questions before you even ask. Jay is not here. I'm sure he'll be back, but for the time being, he's MIA. But I won't be alone. As always, I still have some fantastic co-hosts lined up for future episodes. The fact that this episode is titled Progress is oddly appropriate. So, that said, I'd like to introduce you to your co-host today, my BFF since childhood, Rob. Hey, how you guys doing, listeners? Rob, you want to introduce yourself to our one listener and maybe give a little of your background as far as your geek cred, how familiar you are with Galaxy Rangers? (laughs) um... Well, wow, one listener? Uh, (laughs) Come on, RD, we can do better than that. We're trying. Well... Uh, a little bit about myself. Um, pretty much, I'm a '80s child. You know, uh, a lot of the uh, stuff that uh, we're we'll be talking about, I guess, it stems from our childhood. I'll be honest with you. I was never a big Galaxy Rangers fan. However, once I got to see some episodes and I saw uh, what's her name, uh, Ming Mei. I mean, Miko. <laughs> I mean, Miko, yeah, that, that kind of <laughs> sold Nico. it for me. <laughs> yeah, Miko. Uh, it, Nico, it's, right? it's Nico with an N. I used to call him Miko when we first started doing the podcast. Oh, okay, too. okay. <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, I kind of like uh, started digging it, you know. I was like, wow, she's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> right on. For an animated character, of course. I mean, you know, we've known each other since we were 10, so all the... You know, nostalgia around the all the cartoons and the 80s, you know, we uh, pretty much grew up on that stuff. It's pretty much all we ever talk about when we're, like, in person hanging out. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, pro- probably uh, one of the f- my favorite eras. It's good going back to that stuff, like, you know, yeah, reminiscing. We were lucky kids, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so... Um, what happened is that we already recorded uh, a little something. Like, right around our anniversary date, uh, which was, uh, the anniversary date was June 15th. So, right around then, Rabbi Bob popped in for a few minutes for uh, uh, for the special occasion. Now, mind you, I had to edit around the parts where Jay was talking because I never got his audio. But yeah. that's fine. Shame on you, Jay. Shame on you. I'm a lemonade-making machine. Well. A- anyways... Uh, here's what happened. It's June 14th, 2018, as we record this, which makes tomorrow Series 6 podcast birthday. Unfortunately, we won't have an episode ready to publish on the day of. But I was told that Rabbi Bob and some listeners have something special planned for us. So, listener, if you were not in on this, you'll be experiencing the surprise with Jay and me. So let's get this going. I want to cut the cake already. easy guys the goose is here all right hey guys uh last month i posted you two are coming up on your first year and uh maria and her husband got you jumped on that thought um we all appreciate the walk down of memory lane with the galaxy rangers and we thought it would be nice for you to hear it from uh the one listener out there what they thought you probably saw operation long shot out there on twitter a few times over the last month well here's what it was all about I thought it would be appropriate to start this off with these two. So here, coming at the top. Hola, RD. Hola, Jay. In Spanish? No. In English? Come on. Hello, RD. Hello, Jay. I'm Maria from Spain. Guys, 
You are fantastic. Congratulations for your podcast. It's very funny. And sometimes it doesn't look like the same that I say. Your mains, they are unique. Happy birthday, Rangers. All right, and right behind that is her husband. Hello, Wardy. Hi, Jane. I am Yogali from Spain. Cool guys, congratulations for your work on the podcast. Thanks for making us have a fun time. Feliz cumpleaños, chicos, y seguir así por muchos años. All right, on. They were really great in putting this project together. They put up with me not knowing a lot of Spanish, too, and super patient. So uh, for me to them, thank you. Um, I want to move along here. Um, Thank you. All right. uh, This next gentleman goes all the way back to the fan group from the late 90s. Hi, this is Mark Lungo, Galaxy Rangers fans from way back, uh, wishing Jay and RD a happy anniversary on their podcast. I've been enjoying it. You guys are semi-funny. Hey! No, really, it's seriously a good podcast, and I look forward to your continuing, and... um, Rangers ride forever, and be sure to check out my RPG Crime Strikers. Talk to you next time. <laughs> I tell you what, then. Uh, I, I looked up uh, Crime Strikers from Mark there, and uh, you can find it at, at bit.ly slash Crime Strikers, all lowercase. It might be a fun game. You guys can decide for yourself there after that last joke. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving forward, the one listener has many voices. I've got a series of three coming up to get you guys. Here we go. This is Robert Wolf at WolfRJ on Twitter, signing on for Operation Long Shot. Jay, RD, congratulations on the podcast's first anniversary. Many happy returns. No guts, no glory. Awesome. All right, here's another voice of the one listener. Hey, RD and Jay, it's Stuart, Stu and Beyond on Twitter. Happy first anniversary uh, for the Series 6 podcast. Uh, I love this show. You guys are doing an amazing job. Uh, I love every episode. Every time it comes out, I look forward to it. Even if this is uh, the Mandela Effect cartoon series that I had no idea existed until you guys did a podcast about it. But it's great. Uh, Every episode you guys do is amazing. Uh, I can't wait for several more episodes. So if you'll excuse me. I'll have to go jam sync my hyper shunt, and I will see you guys later. <laughs> That's <is> great. <laughs> Potty mouth. Right. You hear Stuart's baritone? We got to have him on the show, man. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's the Mandel effect, though, because of uh, Robert, but that's a different question. Uh, here's the third of the three. Congratulations to the Series 6 podcast on the first anniversary of the show. This is Geek Tom, a.k.a. Thunderox. And if I haven't made it clear in any of my posts before, my favorite character is Zachary Fox. All right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Eyebrows. Uh, I am not kind to Zach in this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one had two submissions, and I'm going to play one of them. Hi, I'm Roger Jackson, known to some in the Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers E community as Raj Dodge Ranger. I'm giving a shout out, celebrating the gang of the Series Six podcast for their first year on the internet. Keep up the good work. No guts, no glory. Galaxy Rangers, ho! That's awesome. All right, so uh, we looked around the internet for a few seconds and we found this next person. He has his finger on the pulse of things and wastes no time getting straight to the point, unlike me tonight for some reason. Here we go. So apparently podcast birthdays are a thing now. Okay, fine, I'm in. Hello, internet. This is Dan Fiorella. Google me. Hey! I was one of the writers (laughs) on The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We know that. And I'm dialing in here. Surprise! rd and j and congratulations on your first year anniversary of podcasting uh i'm (laughs) i'm so thrilled that you two guys are keeping the badges activated for the show it it was a fun working on them so long ago and i'm just stunned and amazed and enjoyed that uh they're still out there entertaining people's people still think of them from time to time so thank you for that Continue success on the podcast. Uh, hope to keep having fun. I hope to make it through all 64 episodes. And uh, best to all you and your listeners. And uh, 
No guts, no glory. Goodbye, Internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. So I think you guys are coming up on one of the episodes that he wrote, The Axe, pretty soon in a couple. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it's a good blend of humor. I'm looking forward to hear what you guys think of that one. Um, I've got no intro for the next one other than that I really think I want Mark's voice. What's up, guys? This is Mark Bustler from Classic Game Room. Congratulations on making it a year. The podcast is excellent. The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers is the second best cartoon of all time, right after Turbo Team. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What? It's better than Turbo Team, <laughs> but only by a little bit. <laughs> all right. Actually, my first car was a Camaro. Somebody posted on Twitter recently a GIF of that transformation, and it is really creepy looking. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, without the context of, of being in the cartoon, just seeing the transformation, it's like, ew. <laughs> All right, so guys, for me, through this uh, Series 6 podcast, I've been seeing and experiencing some of the other communities that you deal with out there and, uh, and interact with, and a couple of them had some things to say. Hi, I'm Sonny from Close Contact, and this is my brother Swipe. Hey, what's up? And we just wanted to thank RD for being our favorite artist and congratulate him on a year of the Series 6 podcast. Uh, you and Jay are really funny dudes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So rock out and roll out, and here's to another great year. Holy crap. That was pretty cool. Here's another one right behind that one. Hi, I'm Drew from the Figure Nights Theater Podcast, and uh, we here at FKT would like to congratulate our co-host, RD, and your co-host, Jay, for a year of the Series 6 podcast. A happy anniversary uh, from myself, Andrew, and Josh. We wish you many more anniversaries to come. Uh, keep up the good work. No guts, no glory. Fucking <laughs> <Look at> A, <it, laughs> man. It's a pretty cool lineup, huh? This next person, um, I've actually taken an interest in outside of the Galaxy Rangers recently. Uh, he's got his doctorate in media ecology. Uh, he's one of the founders of the Media Ecology Association. Uh, recently, I caught a live broadcast of one of his lectures at the University of the Hemispheres in Ecuador, which was really kind of cool because I immediately shared the link with Maria and because uh, they were... Uh, they were actually doing it with translation into Spanish. So uh, it was kind of cool to, to share that. Um, but more to my point, what he covers in in my interest in this area of expertise uh, stems from trying to understand social media media's effect on my kids. And uh, But to get there, I kind of need to understand the history. And I've been finding through this gentleman's books and works that I can get a good grinding uh, grounding in this area. Uh, so just listening to his lecture, I was getting those aha moments of understanding. And uh, next week, I'm heading down to my university's book stacks to pick up some of his material. So that was a buildup of an intro. So let's hear it from the person that brought you Ghost Station and maybe find out why the ending felt the way it did. Hi, this is Lance Strait. I'm the writer on the Ghost Station episode, and I enjoyed your podcast uh, covering that. And so I'm very happy to be able to say... Happy first birthday, congratulations on the first year of your podcast. And uh, I did want to say that uh, it was a lot of fun and kind of a thrill to be able to write that episode. And I always loved those old sort of, you know, Abbott and Costello or cartoon-like uh, uh stories where they got stuck in a in a haunted mansion uh i did actually write the the original version of the story uh speck was not going to destroy himself they were going to save him and the show's creators didn't like that they said that i promised the kids a big explosion um, and I had to deliver so I had to uh, rewrite it and include that if you go back and listen to what's said about that explosion being a uh, kind of symbol of peace um, that that was me kind of thumbing my nose at having to do it and and leaving it off with an absurd kind of comment uh, but anyway um, it really was uh, just a fun fun uh, time working on that series um, and uh, really great that you guys are doing this so congratulations again and best of luck for the next coming years so there you go 
<laughs> Thank you, Rabbi Bob. You were pretty much the focal point of this, right? I got one more to go for you guys. So uh, finally, the, you know this last one pretty well. Um, and I caught that he was a pretty big inspiration for RD getting into podcasting. Um, he's not eating chips in this one, though. <laughs> hey, RD, this is Ninja Dave. Just uh, wishing you congratulations on the first year. Happy birthday, man. Keep it trucking. Catch you later. Take care, man. All right. So there you go. Uh, for me, uh, I give you this. Uh, and you know how when your kids lose uh, his or her first tooth and the tooth fairy comes and re- leaves that really big cash drop for the first time and then does the mental math at 20 teeth times that amount and there's no way the tooth fairy can keep up that for every tooth? Uh, <laughs> next year, you're going to get a tweet. Uh, for this year, happy <laughs> birthday, anniversary, podcastivists from the rest of us, etc. And uh, thank you to everyone who took the time to send the clips. Uh, you know, Dan and, and Lance, uh, everyone else, thanks for taking time out of your day to put this together and making Operation Longshot a success. Thank you all. Holy crap. That's an amazing birthday present. Okay, unfortunately, Rabbi Bob can't stay for the entire episode. He just wanted to present us with that awesome gift and take off, like the opposite of a seagull. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, hope, hopefully I can come back when I have some more time. Uh, you guys are reviewing something coming up here. Uh, Hold on, is it this? They call him Flipper, Flipper. <laughs> oh, no way. It's got dolphins in it, though. I'll catch you guys later. Take care. <laughs> All right. So and happy, happy birthday. Thank you. How can our one listener find you, Rabbi Bob? You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Beta Mountain or over at betamountain.org where we are looking at all things Galaxy Rangers. If the one listener would like to help on the site, hit me up on the Twitters. All right, B. I usually open the episode with a discussion topic. This episode will be no different. You ready to hear the topic? I'm all ears. All right. Name your favorite sitcom from back in the day. Oh, wow. That's a a tough one. There were so many good ones. Um, I think one that stands out for me. (laughs) I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think there were that many good ones. I think there were a lot of them, (laughs) but... I mean, I guess in my opinion, there was quite a few good ones, but who am I? I don't know any better. So uh, <laughs> I actually liked uh, Sanford and Son. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big fan of, uh, I was a uh, Red Fox, you know. May you rest you big dummy. Yeah. Elizabeth, coming to join you, honey. So that that was one that stood out for me, you know. Uh, just, uh, the, you know, comedic genius of Red Fox, you know. Yeah. That kind of stu- stood out for me. That's what fantastic. about you? Um, I went with Who's the Boss. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because of Alyssa Milano. Oh, yeah, well. She's about our age, and... She's still hot. I She's got one of those instant crushes. Yeah, well... And also, Leah Romini made a, a few guest appearances on the show. You know that? That's correct. Yeah. If I can... Re- yeah. She was like... She played her best friend or something like that. I don't know. Right. A lot of wet dreams. <laughs> a lot of wet dreams. All right. <laughs> Uh, but Alyssa's TV dad, Tony Danza. I saw him a couple years back in a movie called Funny People. Oh, okay. And he plays a racist TV producer. Wow. So now I can't unsee it. Right. Now, if I, now if I ever encounter him in person, I'd be looking for hints of his bigotry. <laughs> right. And, and like I'd I, I creep him out. Like He'd be eating ice cream or something, and I'd be like, why has it got to be vanilla ice cream? <laughs> you got a problem with the chocolate ice cream? <laughs> Sit your racist old ass down. I used to think you was a nice boy when you were a muscly boxer driving a taxi. <laughs> I'm not Chris, man. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I chose Who's the Boss and all its glorious cornball humor. Who's the Boss was pretty good, um, you know, especially Alyssa Milano. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was my drawing point to watch yeah, the yeah. show. But really, the main the main point was him and and uh, what's her name's uh, Judith Light's character, like the will they won't they thing. Okay, like, right, right. It correct. was like moonlighting. Correct. Yeah. Hey, that was another good one, actually. Yeah, was that wasn't really Bruce. a sitcom though. That's when Bruce Willis had hair. Yeah. Well, I, I bet he misses that hair. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I, I I'm sure he does because uh, uh, you know I'm starting to recede a little bit. Yeah, my forehead's getting bigger. I don't like it. Yeah, that's not cool, man. So <laughs> I, I, can, I feel his pain. <laughs> you know, it, like I'm getting the bigger forehead, but I never even had the benefit of having a ponytail. <laughs> but, I mean, he wears it well, though. You know, 
Some people can get away with that. You know? yeah. yeah, that's true. All right, so let's make some progress. Let's do this. All right. So um, this episode aired on October 23rd, 1986. And just like Tune Up, it was written by John Rawlins. Uh, so we forgot to mention that the writer of the last episode, Space Sorcerer, is Robert Mandel. Uh, the last one he wrote, uh, Robert Mandel, by the way, was the show's creator. B. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, listener, I call, I call Rob B because you know, <laughs> ever since we were kids, I've always called him B. Is he related to Howie Mandel? I don't <laughs> think he is, but okay. he is from New York. I don't know where where Howie Mandel's from. I think their names are spelled differently. Okay. Uh, so the last one that Robert Mandel wrote uh, was episode four, Chained, in which uh, star stones are introduced and the sorcerer system gets a mention. And the last episode, uh, episode 13, was, you know, we, we go to the sorcerer system. And uh, there's a lot of star stones involved as well. Anyway, uh, so this is progress, and it's starting now. It starts off with Gooseman being led into a chamber by young Mark Hamill. Well, he sounds like him, at least. Really? That was Mark Hamill? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was Luke? Well, he sounded whiny, didn't he? Yeah, he, just a little bit. Yeah, Rabbi Bob left us a clip of that. I'm going to play it. So uh, this chamber, from the sound of it, contains the screaming mandrake roots from Harry Potter. They're like... <laughs> but the wailing is actually coming from uh, Goose's dolphin buddies, Icarus and Winter. We met them back in MindNet. Uh, I actually met Winter. Yeah? Have you, ever, have you ever been to Tampa? There's a dolphin with a prosthetic, and her name is Winter. Are you serious? I'm not kidding you. Well, that's the one with the prosthetic fin, the tail? That's correct. The dolphin's tail. From the movie Dolphin's Tail. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, obviously, Winter was uh, came way after the show. But I found that a coincidence, you know. What if, what if uh, she was named after this winter? Could, possibly, possibly. I mean, if did you check out episode six, the one I recommended to you? E, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't think you would. All right, I mean, so I mean, anyway, I'll get around to it. I'm sure. No sweat. But in episode six, um, it's another environmental type of episode, right? It's like, you know, with an environmental message. And that one comes off a whole lot like um, the plot of the movie Avatar. Oh, nice. I, I actually thought it was pretty cool that, you know, that they had a very important message, you know, about the environment, about pollution. And, and you know, that's that's just something that, like, I was like, wow, you know, they actually, yeah. you know, threw that in, you know, back in, when was it, uh, in 86? You know, they were really... yeah concerned with the environment back then too so yeah it was it it was like a very very socially conscious uh messages in a lot of the episodes actually not just not just and they're not all like all about you know like like wagging their finger about pollution or whatever somehow i also uh saw some subliminal stuff in there like is uh is doc an alcoholic because Uh, because that looked like a flash to me yes you noticed it too (laughs) We, we, look, me, me and Jay have been talking about that. I call it his um holographic tablet, but we also call it the flask. Yeah, he also calls it Jack and Coke or something. <laughs> There's also like the unanswered question: Does anybody else see the programs that he uses, or is it just him, like on an alcoholic binge <laughs> <laughs> just, or PCP? Man, he's like seeing shit. Yeah, because you have all these little things flowing around him. You know? He's a like, hey Pathfinder. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Why don't and you it, open up this thing for me? And they and they they you know coincidentally go back into his flask, you know, yeah, at his command. So whenever uh, anybody's around, they fly back in there. I'm I'm sure, man. That, that looked that looked pretty close to a flask to, to me. You know, what? it might have been deliberate, but it's also pretty subtle <laughs> to kids, anyway. Yeah, I would never thought of that being that as a kid. You know, yeah. as an adult, we you know we have a different perspective on it, and I found it hilarious. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a trip, man. Yeah, but uh, you know, overall, you know, good episode. Uh, you know, well written. It was uh, you know, yeah, good message. I've heard it described as a an adult sci fi show disguised as a kids show. Yeah, I mean, you can see how they can they try to cater to to adults too, as well mm-hmm. as kids. You know. They try to Pokemon it a little bit, but again, you know, they also, you know, try to 
satisfy the adult audience too. Yeah, that that might have been like the appeal that it had like uh, on me back in the day because the the show had a lasting effect. Yeah, you know, like it inspired me to create to like create my own sci-fi world and to draw and to you know. So I've always been grateful to the creators of the show. Yeah, I mean, and you know, Min May inspired me <laughs> to go to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> it's a whole different show. <laughs> to lock my Min May's from Robotech. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm busting chops, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. But, you know, I was like, wow, look at Nico. Look at her. <laughs> look at her go. Look at her go. Yeah, so Hamill says that uh, the dolphins told them they'd only speak to Goose. So why didn't you ask them what it is? But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Really, Luke? How in the world could you tell with the way they're screaming? They're not doing much talking. So anyway, Goose dives into the water with them. And then cut to handlebar's office uh nico explains to walsh that the dolphins received a telepathic distress call from some far off planet in the empty zone by the way uh we call him handlebars their commander because of obviously the mustache oh gotcha uh hey goose is kind of a badass right yeah how can you tell already yeah he looks he's got the uh Blonde hair with the big, thick blonde eye, eyebrows and uh, <laughs> that commanding look. Yeah, he's like, and know. he's like the the tallest of the Rangers. I'm telling you, Goose gets more more. Uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just say he's, he's the alpha, right? Yeah, he's yeah, pretty much the alpha. <laughs> the women fawn over Goose. Over Goose? Yeah, like uh, episode four. There's plenty of fawning over Goose. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, there's a a young lady named Annie, and she is all over him. Don't tell me he gets Nico. Nico's always flirting with him. There's always like a flirtation between them. Right, right, right. But whenever Goose is like somewhere off by himself and he encounters a female, the female always has the hots for him. I don't know why. It's got to be the locks, man. Yeah, it's that blonde spiky mullet. Yeah, he's. I realize Goose is pretty badass, man. Yep. And uh, what is it? He adapts to his uh, environment? Yeah, he has uh, bio defenses. Oh, okay. That adapt to like whatever could potentially harm him. Okay. But he has to take the hit first before his body knows how to react to it. What about the whole like the whole water thing? He became Merman all of a sudden. You know, yeah. Underwater. By the way, Merman is the He-Man character, right? Am I, yes. Am I? yes. Yeah, he's the one that... He's the one that talked like this. Yeah. He looked just like him, so... <laughs> he did not look just like him, man. Well, close enough, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I noticed he, he kind of, like, adapts to the situation. Yeah, it's a pretty cool power. It's like uh, his power, like, it almost has no limit. Oh, okay. All right. So e let me get Each ranger has a unique power to them? Yes. I could give you a quick rundown of their powers. Yeah, please do that. But for you listeners out there, um, I'm, you know, kind of new to the ranger universe. So I'm, you know, I did watch one or two episodes as a kid, but... um was never really into it, a big fan. You know, you had so much going on back then with Silverhawks, Thundercats. Yeah. And and uh the Rangers were relatively new, I guess, to, you know. Well, you know you know what happens is the creators of the show decided that they wanted to put the Rangers up against Thundercats, which was a mistake. Oh yeah, because the Thundercats were established already, and yeah, it, it was they were established and they were a powerhouse. It was like a, uh, you know, it was putting putting the new guy up against a, the monster. You know what? I do give credit to the Galaxy Rangers because of the uh, they were using uh, uh, computer uh, graphics at the time. Yeah, you know, CGI. Like, like, it, CGI it was, was very was, very early CGI. It was one of the first shows to right. do that. So I was pretty impressed by them incorporating that. Yeah, they put some CGI in every episode. They made sure to do that. That should have gave him a slight edge over Thundercats and all that. But the you know, those shows were already established, and you know they had a cult following. And they had toys that were successful, and and all that. It was really hard to compete. Uh, in retrospect, I think they should have gone up against like My Little Pony or something like that. <laughs> like when Thundercats finishes, and then the little boys are looking for another show that's on. Come on, I'm looking for something to watch, and what? all that's on is is My Little Pony and Shira. Yeah, that that would have probably made a difference. But, yeah. that, you know, oh, wait, the Galaxy Rangers is on. I'll, I'll put that on. And right. I think that would have uh, it would have been more more to the show's benefit. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. So, you know, it's it's sad that, you know, the, uh, such, you know, a good show like that um, went almost unnoticed. But, you know, if we get enough recognition, <laughs> we we might spark a revival. 
I heard word that over the years they they've considered doing a reboot or they they started right putting together concept art and stuff like that because I've actually seen some on Deviant Art. Oh, nice. So you yeah. tell that one listener out there, <laughs> you better make a difference. The one listener can make a difference. That's all it takes. One person. Yeah, so they talk about uh, the, the far-off planet in the empty zone. That's where that distress signal came from. It's a telepathic distress signal. That's why the dolphins were all effed up. So, cut to spacecraft porn. This scene is guaranteed to give any fan of sci-fi vehicles a serious case of the tingles. So, Ranger 1 is having his expansion slots put to good use. That sounded much dirtier than I meant it. <laughs> Ranger 1 is their main spacecraft. Okay. And it's modular, so like when they, they, they outfit it with different stuff according to what mission they're going to go on, like what they're going to encounter in their mission. Right. Um, so a flying sub is affixed under the cockpit while a rover is lifted into the slot right behind it. That's not common, B. This is the first time we see either of those vehicles. Really? So yeah. they're, they're constantly swapping vehicles? They switch out stuff on Ranger 1, according, you know, depending on what they're... And that scene where you see the hangar crew, like, assembling the spacecraft? Right. Yeah, that changes depending on what they're doing. That's different. So Doc fills his flask with his roster of programs, or as he calls them, his tweakers. <laughs> <laughs> there's a weird drug reference somewhere yeah, in there, right? It's, there's a couple references. <laughs> so, speaking of drugs, the last program, Pixel, sounds like he got a hold of some potent weed. Yeah. Hey, Doc. Like, what about me, man? Pixel seemed pretty stoned to me. Yeah. So, Doc tells him uh, to sleep it off because he has too many bugs. Sorry, Pixel, but you still have too many bugs in your programming. But uh, as Doc walks away, Pixel stores away in his butt crack. Doc should have offered him some munchies or something afterwards. (laughs) So they launch the fully loaded Ranger 1 and arrive instantly at the water planet. So as they prepare to enter the atmosphere, Nico tells Zack they should split into two teams to locate the source of the message, one on land and one in the ocean. They have a flying sub and a rover. What a coincidence. Zack says, Goose, you and Nico take the wet side. Doc and I will take the dry side. And Nico mumbles under her breath, wet side, way ahead of you. <laughs> Too late for that. <laughs> I got a long, hard stare at Goose. <laughs> so I'm ahead of you there. So uh, Goose says the land is covered with toxic fumes, and Doc immediately puts in for a transfer from his assigned team. That's a joke, B. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I got you, I got you. So they deploy the flying sub. Um, I didn't get a good look at it until this part. And man, it's cool looking, right? That sub? That's right. Yes. It's shaped like a stingray, except it has like sharp angles instead of like soft angles. Correct. So it lands on the surface of the water and releases the dolphins from a hatch underneath. Meanwhile, Ranger 1 deploys the rover on land. Doc starts running down the list of toxins and pollutants in the air. I guess his transfer from uh, Team Krusty was declined. <laughs> so he says there's no industry on the entire planet. Then they encounter a series of structures, and Zack says, so much for your low-tech theory. And Doc says, douchebag says what? <laughs> Doc was drunk at this point. <laughs> so they put their spacesuits on and exit the rover on hover cycles. Hell yeah. Gotta love a hover cycle. I sure do. So they ride up to one of the buildings and start exploring on foot. Doc immediately gets jumped and pinned down by Godzuki. Yeah, it kind of looked like Godzuki, right? You know I'm a big fan of Godzilla. Oh, yeah, yeah. You break it down, B. He was a totally different shade of color, but it resembled Godzuki a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Godzuki was from the old Godzilla cartoon, the Saturday morning Godzilla cartoon. Right, right. And he was green, and I think this guy was blue, right? I think they're all different colors, though, the race of Godzukis. Right, okay. So you might find one that's Godzuki colored. Who knows? So Trigger Happy Zack finally understood the douchebag line from earlier and takes a shot at Doc. But he's a lousy shot and scares off Godzuki. <laughs> so uh, Godzuki jackknifes off the ledge and into the swamp below. Meanwhile, Team Slippery are in the sub on the water surface. I went through a few different names for the wet team, like Slick Baby Seal, Cocoa Butter. But they were, <laughs> <laughs> they were all too long, I think, anyway. So I went with Slippery. Uh, so they're uh, they're following Icarus and Winter from above, and from here on, I'm gonna call them the Dolphins. Lazy, yes, but true to form. So the Dolphins say they've detected life forms ahead, but they think the sub is scaring them. Can't imagine why. It's awesome. 
I know. It blends right in. No, no, this sub is beautiful, man. Like, who would be scared of that? Who would be scared of a manta ray sub? Especially if you live underwater. So Goose tells Alma to cut the engines, and Nico takes the life raft out and follows the dolphins. Meanwhile, in the sub, Alma tells Goose that she bioscanned Nico and detected numerous STDs, <laughs> whispering, but don't tell her I told you. Doc has the antibiotics. <laughs> don't worry, Doc has them. The idea is that Alma has the huts for Goose as well, so she's trying to sabotage Nico's chances. Selfish, some of You got to share. Sharing is caring. Good grief. So <laughs> Alma also tells Goose something about magnetic interference. I'm sorry, Goose. Too much magnetic interference. Take us up. So Gooseman takes the sub skyward, saying he'll scout ahead. Nico spots a submarine ahead of them. Meanwhile, aboard the submarine is the most hilariously toothy alien I've seen on this show. And whoever voiced him is a freaking genius. Mm -hmm. Like, he's obnoxiously loud. He reminds me of, like, the Screaming Red Riding Hood in the old classic cartoon. Oh, Woofy, oh, Woofy, that one. No, no, not that oh. one, not that one. The other one, the younger-looking Red Riding Hood, she's like, hey, Grant! Yep, that's the I got something for you to have, see? Oh, that was a funny cartoon. I'm going to call him Yeller. Old Yeller? Yeah, with zero hesitation, this alien launches two torpedoes at Nico. Alien spice! Fire torpedoes! He wants to murder her. So Goose swoops in with the flying sub and arms the craft's lasers, and Goose says, Fire, Alma! And Alma goes, I'm really conflicted about this. <laughs> so she fires, saving Nico. Uh, Nico's grateful. Alma's not entertained. Uh, then Goose gets a call from Winter saying that he's found the hostile submarine, and it is not dolphin safe. Ooh. So Gooseman takes the sub underwater as both dolphins are captured by the hostile submarine. Not tuna friendly. No. So he deboards and badges up. Gooseman grows gills and webbing between his fingers, becoming very fish-like in nature. See, we talked about him looking like merman. 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 He don't look like no merman. Okay. He's way too handsome. Merman is not that handsome. <laughs> Goose is a pretty That's boy. That's how merman wishes he looked. <laughs> I mean, that guy can't lose, man. So Aqua Goose is really well animated. Did you notice that? Yeah, I, I actually noticed a lot of fine details. Overall, the show is pretty well animated. but Yeah, I mean, there are some parts where... There are, because there are several teams that worked on the show animating it, and you could tell. It looks like a lot of the uh, artwork from Thundercats and like from Silverhawks, from that same... Uh... It's all anime style. Okay. Uh, but this was TMS. It's a animation studio called Tokyo Movie Shinsho. Gotcha. And That's they, why they, Nico they... looks like Minmei. No. <laughs> she does not look like Minmei. That's an entirely different anime style. But you'll notice that TMS also did uh some other shows that you might be familiar with uh like mighty orbots oh yeah one of the shows that i never really got to fully love because they they canceled it yeah they canceled it after a few a few episodes it was like uh maybe 16 episodes or something like that man before the show was gone um who else an they they also animated um bionic six did you ever see that i never saw bionic six no okay I was deprived. It was a pretty good show. It was like a little more kitty than Galaxy Rangers was. Oh, okay. But not as kitty as, as Mighty Orbots. Oh, but Mighty Orbots was... I was a kid at the time, so I, I don't remember too much of it because uh, it was canceled. I'm sure I would have loved that show. Yeah, you know that show came out recently on DVD. You know what? I may have to get that. I actually picked it up. You can borrow it from me. And relive the years I, I should have lived back there watching it <laughs> when I was a kid. You sound a little bitter. <laughs> just a little bit. You know, it it hurts back there a little bit. Just a little sore. Uh, where are we? Goose follows the submarine into a tubeway and becomes trapped in the tunnel when both ends are suddenly sealed. Like the Man. submarine makes it in and then, then seals the door behind it. And then Goose tries to turn back and then the outside door is sealed as well. And then he just Jane bonds the crap out of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that, we're not up to that part yet. Sorry for the excitement. No, no, no worries. The excitement is good, man. Excitement helps. That's good to know. I, I'm pretty excited looking at Nico a couple <laughs> times. So the doors uh, have some kind of laser-proof shielding. We know this because Goose blasted a few times. And as we cut to the next scene, Goose is still hanging out in the tunnel. Uh, so while looking at the structures, Doc and Zach talk about the pollution and speculate on what could have caused it. 
So Zack spots Godzuki and they pursue his cuddly human-sized dinosaur ass on their hover bikes. <laughs> so Zack goes right at him while uh, twirling a, a, a lasso. Was that a lasso? I think Zack had a freaking lasso. Was that a baton or a lasso? <laughs> I think it was a lasso because he, he was swinging it like a lasso. Uh-uh. So anyway, Godzuki lunges at Zack, but he misses. He falls about 30 feet and lands flat on his back. You see the impact. And then he lays there for a good three seconds, like before there's any movement. So I found this hilarious, man. I was laughing my ass off when he, when he hit the ground and he just stayed there motionless. Because if I survived the fall like that, I'd also lay there for a bit while my ego regenerates. <laughs> I was thinking, you know what he probably thought when he got up from that? <laughs> my back is broken. Spinal. <laughs> Like that Mike Tyson. Oh, oh, like Mike Tyson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My back is broken. Is it a vertebrae? No, spinal. That's what probably what guys well, would do. I mean, Tyson had to correct them. I mean, do said vertebrae. Like, yeah, yeah. come on. Who's, who says vertebrae? So it's all spinal. If it's broken, it's spinal. All right. Now, see, I'm going to have to put that in the show notes. I'm going to have to put that that uh, <laughs> Tyson clip. Well, you have to because that's that's classic. I want our listeners to know what we're laughing about. Oh, please uh, put it in because uh, they can probably use that as an excuse when they have to call out of work. Just tell your boss, <laughs> your back is broken. <laughs> if he asks you what happened, it's spinal. <laughs> I broke my back. What do you mean by that? You my broke back, back is broken. What, uh, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. All right, so uh, so Godzuki gets up from that humiliating fall and runs into the tree-filled swamp. Doc follows him, and Godzuki ambushes Doc. It's revealed that he had ducked behind a tree and pounced on Doc as he was zipping by. So Godzuki, much like anybody who thinks Doc is a nice guy, underestimates him. A sneaky weasel. Yeah, Doc's reflexes are on point. Even though he's drunk half the time? I'm telling you, he catches Godzuki with a drunk backhand. <laughs> Sending him flying off the hover cycle. So Godzuki hits the ground hard again. His ego in pieces alongside his shattered spirit. So this time he stays there and pretends to be dead. (laughs) He stayed motionless. He was like the Hulk in Infinity War. He was scared to come out, right? (laughs) No, no. He didn't want to come out. Uh, Yeah, he he might as well be dead after enduring such an indignity. Oh, yeah. So uh, Doc, (laughs) so Doc... That that's hilarious though. The Hulk got slapped so hard that he didn't. <laughs> he was too scared to come out. He was like, "No, nope. uh, uh-uh. I don't care how mad <laughs> Banner gets." Yeah. Okay, I'm still staying here. This is my home now. I'm not coming out. Yeah. Thanos sunned him. Mm-hmm. You've been sunned, Hulk. Doc and Zack bring Godzuki to the rover. They scan the unconscious creature and determine that the pollutants on the planet have driven it mad. So, uh, which still doesn't explain how it so craftily ambushed Doc. Not a very successful ambush, but definitely crafty. Sneaky. He's a weasel. Yeah, he's a weasel. He's a... Raider. <laughs> he's... For, uh, for those of you who don't know who Raider is, he was uh, my old pet, and uh, he was eventually passed down to, to RD. And um, he was just a sneaky, crafty, weaselly little dog. It's um, <laughs> like a ninja. A ninja he, was a, he was like a ninja. <laughs> he was. He, and he had his own personality. Anyway, I just thought you guys know who Raider is. A weaselly, a weasel of a dog. Yeah, he's, he was a little Italian greyhound, and uh, he did whatever the hell he wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> regardless of what he was told to do. Oh. <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of, uh, well, I speak for myself, a lot of fond memories, but a, a, lot, a lot of memorable memories with that yeah. uh, little dog. So <laughs> I don't think yeah, we will go into detail. <laughs> Well, there's one time I woke up. Uh, I woke up at like four in the morning, and I look over to like it's completely dark, but I could see like a little bit of light coming in, and it's illuminating where Raider would usually be sleeping. <laughs> Mind you, he's a he's black in color. He's a black with a little white spot on him. <laughs> <laughs> so I look over and I don't see him there, and I go, "Where the?" F-? And then suddenly he just runs out of the shadows and lays down. <laughs> Like what? What was he doing? <laughs> I will never know. I know. Who would ever know what he was doing? At, at, what time was that? At four in the morning? Or something. It was like four a.m. And he just ran back to the corner, right? And yeah, like I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't me. You're still dreaming. Right? <laughs> Funny. 
uh, Zack and Doc jump into the cockpit of the rover to, as Zack puts it, find the source of this garbage. So they uh, discover it's coming from a facility up ahead. So they park the rover and approach on foot. They're greeted by Yeller, who is manning a mounted turret above the huge entrance. Zack says, you're under arrest for being a polluting dirtbag. We are the Galaxy Rangers, and you're under arrest for violations of the interplanetary clean air and water statute. And Yeller says F you and opens fire at them, sending Zack and Doc scrambling back to the rover. Doc almost gets shot and lets out one of those little Richard screams. <laughs> like, <"Whoa!" laughs> so meanwhile, inside the facility. He kind of looks like little Richard. <laughs> you know, we actually we talk about that in uh, episode seven. Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not the only crazy one here. No, no, no. Oh, okay. we, we, had, we had a lot of fun talking about Doc, Doc's hair and uh, his Lando Calrissian mustache. Oh, yeah. That was my <laughs> next reference. Billy D. Williams, full of fact. <laughs> Well, what have we here? Yeah. The drunk version. Yep. So, uh, meanwhile, inside the facility... Wait. There are two yellers? They have the same loud voice. They have the same celery-shaped head. I think I'm going to call his twin Holler. So, there's yeller and Holler. You know what they look like, those two yeller things? They look like Groot's parents on crack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's fair, except shrunk down because Groot was huge. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm a little too self-aware now. Like, as far as renaming characters, I mean, it's been 14 episodes and I'm constantly renaming characters. Why is that? If they don't tell me the name of the character right off the bat. We'll assign them a name. I'm going to make <laughs> up a name for them. That's okay. We'll assign names. That's how we ended up with handlebars, yeller and holler. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we have 50 episodes to go. I figure the self-consciousness will eventually wear off. So, <laughs> so um, holler and yeller have the dolphins in a tank, and they introduce themselves. Their real names are really hard to pronounce. So guess what? I'm not going to use them. <laughs> so the dolphins ask why they've been attacking the rangers. The Salarians, I'm calling them Salarians because they have celery heads, Right. accuse the rangers of being corporate spies. Meanwhile, Zachary and Doc have taken cover inside the rover, uh, but they're still getting shot at. So the Solarian manning the turret is a third one we've seen, right? So there's three Solarians so far. Only three? I'm sure there are more. There might be more, but so far we've encountered three. So we're going to call him Screamer. Okay. <laughs> okay. As if it matters at this point. <laughs> so this is like the evil corporation, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, they're basically... Messing up the, the world. They're messing up the environment. They don't care. They're not considering what the repercussions of their actions are. They're just trying to make a profit. They're trying to make like a super strong alloy or something like that. They're making super alloys for robots. They're messing up the environment. Let's go. Well, I'm sure we know certain corporations that do the same thing. Of course. (laughs) We've been dealing with their shit for many decades. It's good that they point stuff like this out. As early as, you know, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's a good thing that... They, are, they have positive messages like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know what? Certain people would say they're indoctrinating young people with these kind of messages, but there's nothing negative about the message of, you know, wanting to breathe clean air, wanting to drink clean water. <laughs> so, like, what's the argument against that? I think it's good that, um, you know, people are aware, you know, especially younger generations, you know, young mm-hmm. kids. And that's good that they, you know, that they're incorporating all these you know, good messages into these cartoons like that, you know? Yep. So we need more positive uh, messages in our movies and cartoons. Yeah, but you know what? If you think about it, just a, a couple years after this show, uh, they came up with Captain Planet. Yeah, they, you see, they got to find a balance, too, because that, that was a yeah, disaster. Yeah. That's taking it too far, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, too much of anything is a bad thing. So Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's good to have a message. But spoon feeding it in that manner is a little, ugh. Yeah, they weren't spoon feeding. They were like shoving it down <laughs> the throat. But uh, I hear you. It's got to, there's got to be a balance. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Screamer. <clears throat> Screamer's shooting at them. And in order to draw his fire away from the rover, they deploy the hover cycles again and land on the roof above the turret where Screamer is. So they're out of his range. But overhead, a security sentry flies into view. Cut to Aqua Goose, who has changed his strategy. You mean Merman? Yeah, Mergoose. Mergoose. So instead of blasting the tunnel door, 
he uses his pistol as a cutting torch, and it works. As the dolphins keep the Salarians occupied, Goose creeps up on them and bashes their heads together. Then he chops them up and adds some paprika and makes chicken salad. <laughs> <laughs> he ate healthy today. Yeah. So the dolphins are happy to see Gooseman and they tell him about the super alloy the Salarians have developed. And they've been using it to make robots and apparently tunnel doors as well. So Goose starts to escape with the dolphins in their uh, water tank using an overhead lift. Uh, by the way, how did the Salarians get an identical water tank as the one aboard Ranger 1? That's a good question. Like for the dolphins. That, that's, a, that's a very good question. Hmm. Mm. Plot hole? Uh, you know, plot holes don't exist on a show like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The average kid won't think about stuff like that. If you take it too seriously, you're going to find plot holes and it'll make you miserable. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Yeller wakes up and sicks the robots on them. So as they near the water, Gooseman uses his butt. uh, I mean, sorry. His butt. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. So Gooseman uses the butt of his pistol to smash the tank's glass and tells the dolphins to jump to freedom and find the distress beacon. Get out of here. I'll lead these droids away. That's an order. You've got to find that distress signal source. So they take off, and he turns his attention to the attacking floating robots, which incidentally are the same types of robots that we saw approaching Team Krusty above. Mm -hmm. So Goose blasts a hole in a drainage pipe and dives into it, making his escape. He lands in a toxic sludge lake, which I'm sure smells like petunias. (laughs) So Goose badges up. He takes on similar characteristics to Godzuki. He becomes Godzilla, his father. (laughs) His skin gets like a tinge of blue. He gets like a lizard-like face and liver spots all over his head. Is Goose like the leader of the the Galaxy Rangers? No. Well, he sure damn should be because... Zachary is the leader. Zach Fox. Goose is what you would consider the team's muscle. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you what their powers were. So he, you know, we already know what Goose's powers are. Zachary, half his body is bionic. He's the one with the arm, right? He has the arm. Yeah, and also he can shoot a, a blast out of his arm called the Thunderbolt. Okay. Now, now, the Thunderbolt, I've seen it have various effects in different episodes. Sometimes it's like a pea shooter. Right. But most of the time, it's like a single shot super cannon. Oh, okay. Where, like, it can blast something to pieces instantly. And, like, when it's coming at you, it's burning the ground underneath it. And it's going at you so fast that it seems to curve. I don't want to be out of line, but if it's burning, uh, he may want to go get himself checked out. (laughs) All right. I'm burning. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's got to go see Doc about that. (laughs) Doc has the answer in his flask. Uh Uh-huh. He's got all the answers. (laughs) Now, Doc is not a real doctor. That's just uh, a nickname. Kind of like Doc Holliday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured that. Like Val Kilmer? Right. Uh, so Doc, naturally, as you saw, his his expertise, his specialty is um, controlling those programs. He communicates with them. And like I said, we're not sure if other people can see them or can hear them talking to Doc. So you're not sure if Doc is on PCP or he's drunk? Or they all have implants in their brains, right? And they all have like uh, latent abilities already. So the implants in their brains enhance whatever their abilities they have. Gotcha. So Docs is like, he's a computer whiz, and I guess his previous occupation was a computer psychologist. Right. So he can basically talk to programs in their own language. Well, it's a good thing I have URD to uh, inform me and school me on stuff like this, you know. Yes, sir. Since I was never, you know. I've learned quite a bit since I started watching the show, and, you know, Jay has has a lot of information, and I had a lot of information, and we kind of like, now we both have the same information. Knowledge is good. Yeah, I, I was I wasn't really aware of their backstories or you know their powers, uh, but it's good to that you know you're so knowledgeable and it's good always to learn. Right on, like uh, STDs, <laughs> you know, drinking and you know Min May and you know stuff. Uh, so you know, Goose turns into like a Godzuki looking creature with liver spots on his head, and so he's like slightly more handsome than usual. I wonder if he'd still be welcome to Annie Town, <laughs> looking like that. Uh, remember, Annie is the chick I mentioned before from episode four. I'm sure Nico still accepts him. So Goose says that the muck is disgusting, and Godzuki's cousin, Schleprock, emerges from the <laughs> the sludge behind Gooseman and says, I know what you mean. <laughs> hey, that's pretty. That's a pretty good <laughs> impersonation. 
This muck's disgusting. I know what you mean. They used the Schlepprock voice. That was one of those Hanna-Barbera type voices. Yeah, they used that in several cartoons, right? Yeah. So back to Team Krusty. Doc asked Zack to take down the robot. So Zack thunderbolts that bitch. <laughs> it's blown to hell and its head lands at Doc's feet. So Doc has Pathfinder hack the head module in order to locate their main computer. Pathfinder says, it's in that beehive behind you. <laughs> yeah, Pathfinder lied, as we'll learn later. Cut to the dolphins, who have tracked the distress signal to a whole group of Godzukis. So their leader looks a bit different from the others, and he's wearing, like, jewelry. He's all blinged out. And he talks like Hulk Hogan. Hey, Ocean Brothers! Like, we need your help, brother! What you gonna do when punk-ass polluters dump garbage on you? (laughs) (laughs) Ocean Brothers! Thank goodness you've come! We need your help, brothers! So they lead the dolphins to the place that has been giving them so much grief. It's the facility the dolphins just came from. I think it is, anyway. So, uh, cut to Doc climbing into the beehive and down a rope towards the console at its center. The AI doesn't recognize Doc, and before Doc can whip out his flask, robot tentacles appear and knock the flask to the beehive floor. And Doc loses it. Yeah. (laughs) So Doc ends up captured by the tentacles. He's dangling by one foot. Meanwhile, the Godzukis lead the dolphins to the source of the transmission, an underwater city. And Nico is there waiting. She says there's still time to save the Godzukis from the darkness. So Doc is uh, still hanging out and helpless without the flask. Zack starts to climb the beehive to save him, but he is interrupted when a posse of robots converge on him. He says, sorry, Doc, you're on your own. And then Doc says, I can't say I'm surprised, douche. (laughs) So Doc is shouting down to his programs to get up there and help him, but they all tell him they're trapped in the flask. (laughs) You're telling me the flask couldn't have been, like, voice activated? Seems like a strange thing to overlook. That's true. Maybe it had Doc's personal, like, password or... It needs, like, his uh, fingers. Uh, no, yeah, no. something. No, no, actually, he's wearing gloves. He, but he doesn't <laughs> want anybody messing with his gin. I mean, come on. You're right, you're right. <laughs> hey, Doc, how come this feels like there's liquid in there? Give me that! Give me that! <laughs> Why are you touching that? <laughs> That's none of your business, boy. <laughs> Never, ever, 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 ever touch my flask. <laughs> Don't ask me about uh, my business. That's, <laughs> that's what Doc would say. Don't ask me about yeah. my business. What was the dude's name? Omar. Omar. Omar, Omar not with us no more. <laughs> Don't ask me about my business. Don't ask what happened to Omar. He's not with us anymore. That's pretty much Doc's take on everything. I think so. What, what, what happened to Omar? Well, don't worry about Omar. He's not with us no more. But wait. Pixel comes out of his hiding spot. Doc's butt crack. And he says, What's up, man? What's up, Doc? Pixel, oh no. I'll help you, Doc. His high came down, huh? So Zack is just outside kicking robot ass. He grabs one of the robots and aims it for the others, using their own homies' weapons against them. So Doc tells an overeager Pixel, Just ask him to let me go. Pixel starts tickling the AI and it releases Doc's foot. Sending him into free fall, Doc manages to grab his rope and has a few choice words for Pixel. But anyway, um, he's climbing the rope. The AI confesses that it's not really the central computer, but a decoy. So this gives Doc an opening. He basically uses his computer's psychologist skills to turn the AI against the central computer. He just reverse psychology. Yeah. So outside, the robots break off their attack against Zachary and all take off in the same direction. Zach thinks he scared them off, but the AI tells Doc that he sent the robots to shut down the central computer. I just sent the robots to shut down the central computer. How do you like them megabytes? So Doc finally gets his flask and Pixel, having finally earned his spot, flies right into it. Cut to Goose Zuki, (laughs) breaking the door in with a crew of Godzukis behind him. Yeller and Holler freak the hell out and make a run for it. Just then, one of the traitor bots appears over Goose's shoulder. It fires lasers seemingly at the Solarians, but hits the equipment beside them. What are the chances of that? Hey, it was under the control of Doc's reverse psychology AI. You mean the dumb AI? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) The one that got tickled. Oh, wow. So cut to outside. You see the flow of pollution completely halted as the drainage pipes go dry. And back inside, 
Zack and Doc slide into the room beside the Solarians as Goose says welcome and deactivates his powers. So uh, Howler complains about the factory being shut down and Zack tells him that their factory was destroying the planet. Turns out the Solarians at first thought the planet was uninhabited, so they felt zero compunction about killing it with pollution. Come on, man. They knew. <laughs> I know they knew. they sons of bitches. So then they heard the distress call but couldn't find the planet's natives. Meanwhile, they kept getting attacked by these crazy-ass Godzuki creatures, so the Solarians created the sentry robots for protection as they searched for the natives. Bullshit. <laughs> Total. Hulk Hogan says that the Godzukis are the natives. And Howler demands to know why the Godzukis never contacted him. So Nico drops some knowledge on his toothy, celery-shaped ass. Just misinformation, guys. It was all about misinterpretation, right? Yeah. She says that all the Godzukis that came were driven crazy by the pollution. Mm. And the Solarians are like, oh. Okay. How come you didn't contact us? The ones who came were driven crazy by the pollution. Oh. So, cut to Ranger 1. Zachary tells the Solarians that the League of Planets has agreed to pass sentence on them after they uh, clean up the planet and uh, make amends for what they did. In other words, they, like, clean up your mess first and maybe, maybe we won't, you know, we won't uh, punish you guys so hard, so harsh, yeah. I guess. And, and the Solarians uh, say that they're going to split the profits from that uh, alloy that they created with the Godzukis. So basically, the Godzukis got screwed over for how many years? <laughs> and then these yeah. guys yeah. pretty no, much... No, we, we, we killed a bunch of you with pollution. Yeah. We brought your planet to the brink of destruction. So now we're going to like clean up your planet and uh, sell all this metal that we made while destroying your planet, and we're going to give you some of the money from it. Sounds too familiar, Prophet. <laughs> <laughs> You should be very proud of your pets. We like them. You trained them well. Thank you. Come on, you little humans. We must bustle. And... Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> so that's it, man. So what'd you think of the episode? Well, I, I thought it was uh pretty well done. You know, it had its... Uh, it had its plot holes. But, you know, if you overlook, like, little things like that, you know, a uh, pretty good episode and, you know... And I, I think Goose is a badass. And yeah, everybody thinks Goose is a badass, especially the ladies. And I have a new appreciation for Minmay. I mean, Nico. Oh, my God. <laughs> Minmay. Hey, guys, I'm just kidding about Minmay. I know who Minmay is. Uh, just joking. Um, actually, I, I enjoyed this episode, and I'm looking forward to um, watching a couple more episodes. Good stuff, man. And uh, I just want to say to the listeners out there, you know, it's my first time. Thank you for listening. And to you, thank you for having me. Of course, man. I think you did a great job. And I'm sure the listener will appreciate how engaged you were. I'm hoping that this show or podcast will grow in listeners. And, uh, you know, keep it going, man. Rock on. Galaxy Rangers. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And uh, we have considered having a third on the show. And Jay is, like I said, MIA. Mm. If you don't mind covering for him. Not at all. Until he makes a comeback. And maybe even like you could be our third if and when he does come back. Well, sounds like a plan as long as the listeners don't mind. And I think you'd be a freer agent than Jay and me. Oh. Especially than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my honor. It's, it's, it's my honor to do this. And, um, you know, it's it's been informative. And I'm learning a lot of things about Rangers and... A lot of other stuff, you know, that I, I kind of forgot because in my youth. But um, yeah, it's, it's, always, nice, it's nice being reminded, right? Always good to be reminded. Always good reminiscing. Yeah, it was it was really great having you on, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. Okay, so let's uh let's close it out. Yeah, definitely. So again, I want to thank Rabbi Bob for going above and beyond by gathering the members of Operation Longshot and working with them to put together the best surprise I could have hoped for on a uh, Series Six first birthday. And to all friends of the pod, we're truly touched. Not in a weird way, but you know. <laughs> Why not? I like the weird way. I like... <laughs> Maria, Galanyu, Mark Longo, Wolf RJ, Stuart Christensen, my co-star on many of Swagwave's YouTube joints, uh, Tom Thunderrocks Richardson, Roger Jackson, Dan freaking Fiorella, Mark Bustler from Classic Game Room. He has a great voice. Sonny and Swipe from Close Contact. My main man, Drew. He is one of my co-hosts on the Figure Nights Theater podcast. 
That's at FKT Podcast. Uh, I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> Lads freaking straight and ninja freaking Dave. Thank you all. You all have my heart. Uh, this whole thing has been a, a shot right in the feels, man. And uh, you and our one listener keep us going. Each one of you is awesome AF. So, okay, listener. That was progress. And next episode, we're going to be doing episode 15 titled Queen's Lair. Tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Galaxy underscore Rangers. We're also on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. We'll help you move. Too much of a commitment? Fine. Just do one or two of those things. But then we'll use a hatchback and it'll take like 78 trips. So visit our website, series6podcast.com. B, you're supposed to laugh at these things. Uh, I'm still thinking about Nico. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Visit our website, series6podcast.com, the number six. Mm-hmm. Hear me talk toys with three of my fellow audio nights on the Figure Nights Theater podcast. That's at FKT Podcast. Send us feedback. You can email us at galaxyrangers at email.com. Galaxy Rangers, no space, at email. Not Gmail, E, because Project Longshot is everything. <laughs> We've been your hosts. I'm RD. I am Rob. And that was Rabbi Bob earlier. And we'll see you next time. Disengage your freaking hyperdrives. Bye. We are your host. I'm RD. Oh my god. Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. <laughs> Alright, you want to try that again? Up from the depths, 30 stories high, three.